Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Come on, He's been a good, good God. It's been absolutely phenomenal. And we still believe that the best is yet to come. We really believe that. It's absolutely amazing to see what God has done with a small church in a pocket of Kendall in the city of Miami. Come on, God can do so much more than we can ask, think, or imagine. And I love that video. It inspires me and gets me emotional really thinking about what God has done over the last 15, 20 years with this church and what else he can do over the next 5, 10, 15 years with all of our lives. And so that's what Heart for the House is all about. It's saying, God, not only what you're doing in us, but what you can do through us. I'll share just something really quick and then we'll uh, receive the offering. Go to the book of Acts. Go to the book of Acts. Go to the book of Acts. Heart for the House, again, is absolutely a special time. And uh, there's envelopes in every chair. And at the end of service, uh, we'll all give our offering. Again, if this is your first time, just sit back. It's, it's not for you. It's for those people that call Calvary home. And we've been here for months or years. It's a special Sunday where we come with a special gift. And people have been saving for it. Some people literally have been saving for it all, all year long. Legit, there's people that have come in here with with offerings that they've uh, sold stuff to bring in something special. And um, I think it's a special time where we all bring a collective effort to be a blessing around the world. Acts chapter two, Acts chapter two. I just wanna share a little bit more. I think the video already said basically everything of Heart for the House. I'll share a little bit on why we do this and then uh, we'll give our offering worship and have an incredible rest of our day. Go down to verse 42 in Acts chapter 2. After the Holy Spirit fell on the apostles, the disciples, look what happened. Verse 42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. Somebody say together. And they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in the homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Acts chapter 2, those few verses that we just read, it is the start of Jesus' church here on earth. And out of those few verses, I just want to share some thoughts that I have uh, this afternoon with you. I've I've titled this small message, uh, A New World, A New World. If you have a journal or a notebook, 1 p.m. is full of note takers. That's absolutely amazing. But A New World. Somebody say A New World. I I love Acts chapter 2 because I think it gives us an insight, a look at the early church. We're part of something that has been around for centuries, right? Over 2,000 years years is the church was born in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 is the birth of the church of Jesus Christ. And I think those last couple verses we just read, it gives us an insight. We're looking at what it looked like, what they did. And if we see this, they had a new way of living. 
Like here they are taking care of one another. Here they are sharing. Here they are being generous. Like if you think about ancient times, did this didn't happen. This was uncommon in ancient times. And I think this is what Christianity is all about. It's not that God grabbed the apostles and the disciples and just took off some things off their life. No, he made them brand new people. Come on, this is what Christianity is all about, is that he makes us new people. It's not just that he wants to take away. I, th- I think a lot of people think about Christianity this way, like, yeah, okay, I, I want to be good, but to be good with God, he just wants to take away some things from my life. Like, he'll take away my wild partying, he'll take away my excessive drinking, he'll take away my crazy sexcapades and cursing. If, if God just takes away those things from my life, then I'll be good with God. That's Christianity. Christianity is so much more than that. Like, like Jesus didn't come just to take away things from our life. He came to give us a brand new life. He came to give us a whole new perspective. He came to give us a brand new soul, mind, spirit, and body. Come on, this is what Jesus came to do. But sometimes we think all God wants to do is upgrade us or renovate us. It's so much more than a renovation. Like, it's not just taken away. He came to give us a whole brand new life. In fact, I'll put it this way. God doesn't want an alteration. God wants a transformation. Doesn't just come to, like, just fix some things in your life. He he gives you a whole brand new life. Can't just see it as something that just takes, it's kind of like my deal with burgers. I have an issue with burgers, hamburgers. When I go out to a restaurant, I have a problem because I don't like hamburgers with pickles in them. Anybody else like me? I, I despise pickles. I don't like pickles. If you like pickles, We'll pray for you after service, but, but I don't like my burgers with pickles. I think it's disgusting. It's one of the worst things on planet Earth. And so I, I'll go to a restaurant and I'll be like, hi, yeah, can I get a cheeseburger, please? Um, can I get it with no pickles? Like just, that's all I'm asking for, if, if that's okay. Like just no pickles. And after a little while, they'll bring the plate and they're like, here you go, your burger. And as soon as you open it, there's the pickle, right? There's the pickle. And I'll be like, ah, I'm so sorry. I, I hate, I'm that person. Like, I hate to tell the waiter anything. I really do. I'll, I'll just eat it. I'll eat it. But with a pickle, I can't. I really can't. I just can't do a pickle. So I'll be like, I'm so, so sorry. Um, I asked for a burger with no pickles. Um, I'm sorry. Do you think I can get, you know, a burger with no pickles? And they'll be like, yeah, for sure. And sometimes they'll just take it back. And you know, when they bring it back and all they did was take off the pickle. And it's like, no, you don't understand. Sometimes I'll exaggerate. It's not a lie. I just exaggerate. I'll be like, I'm allergic to pickles. Like, I'll get hives. I won't be able to breathe. I, I, so, so I'll be like, the thing is, pickles come with pickle juice. And the pickle juice already got all over the patty. And anybody talk about? It got all over the bun. Anybody ever had fries with pickle juice? It's disgusting. Nobody likes that, right? And so I'll be like, can I, I don't, I just don't want you to take away the pickle. I'm so, so sorry, but can I get a whole new burger? Because I can taste the pickle juice, right? And, and a lot of us look at Christianity like it's just taking away something. He didn't just take away something. He gave you a brand new life, a new mind, a new soul, a new spirit. Come on, anybody thankful that Jesus came to give us something brand new? 
And this new life produces a whole new world. In the way we treat each other, in the way we look at each other, in the way we care for one another. In fact, I'll put it this way. While we do heart for the house and while we're generous is because we believe this, that you are changed in order to bring change. You're changed in order to bring change. The Holy Spirit does something in us and it produces change around us. Acts chapter 2. I love Acts chapter 2 because it's the birth of the church of Jesus Christ. And some of these disciples, like we know what they were like before. And we see that when the Holy Spirit falls upon them, they become brand new people. Like they literally are transformed. Some of them were angry and hot-tempered. And after the Holy Spirit falls upon them, they're, they're just like loving and compassionate. Some of them were timid and shy, but after the Holy Spirit falls on them, they're not, they're not bold and loud and they're preaching the gospel. Some of them were probably stingy and they held on to everything they, oh, anybody know some stingy people? Don't point at nobody right now, it'll be awkward, but, right, like, here, Chachi's elbowing. Um, and now they're, they live generous lives because when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, it changes us. That's right, that's right. And here they are now living a new life, creating a new world. Literally, it's what the church is doing. That's why Paul says this, and I love this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. You've seen this verse before. You've heard about it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, anyone who is in Christ, he is a new creation. Somebody say, new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. He is a new creation. The Bible, the New Testament was written in the Greek because that was the common language of the ancient world and they wanted everybody to understand the gospel so they wrote it in the most common language back then. And in the Greek, that word new, it's literally the word kainos. Somebody say kainos. And literally what it means is of a way better quality. It means something superior to. In other words, Jesus didn't come to give you a new leaf. He came to give you a new life. And so a lot of people will be like, yeah, like five years ago, I came to Jesus and I turned a new leaf. No, 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 no. He gave you a brand new life. You're no longer who you used to be. That's why I, I don't like when people walk around and they're like, yeah, I'm an ex-drug addict or I'm an ex-alcoholic or I'm an ex-womanizer or I'm an ex-gambler. Like, no, no, you're not an ex-nothing. You are a new creation in Jesus. The old me was was dead but now I'm alive in Christ all the old me was this or that but my identity is no longer in who I used to be my identity is in Christ and in Christ I am a new creation come on everybody thankful for that he makes us he makes us brand new in fact Christianity is the only religion that doesn't come to make you better it comes to make you new other religions come and they're like five ways to happiness, five ways to nirvana, and that's great. Like you can talk about all that, but Christianity is the only one that comes to give you a brand new mind, a brand new life. Jesus comes to do something brand new in our life. And so the disciples, they're made new, and all of a sudden in this newness, it's a brand new life. They are now gathering together. It says that they were sharing with one another. That's what everything in common means. They were sharing one They were being generous. They were breaking bread together. When the Holy Spirit comes over our life, this is what it produces. And if you think about ancient times, this was radical. This was uncommon. Like you didn't see people from different backgrounds or races like just coming together. Like, no, like if you're one race and I'm another race, we, we were separated. But here now all the races are coming together. In fact, we've been on this topic for the last three weeks, more or less, about creation. 
Three weeks ago, I shared a message that God, he wants to bring light into our darkness. Especially, I believe, in a year like 2020 when there's been so much darkness, I believe, in all of our lives. And I've walked through some heavy times and dark times this year. I really believe that sooner or later, we have a creative God that will speak light into darkness. Sometimes we just got to lift up our eyes a little bit higher and look above the clouds. And this is who God is. And every time he creates light, he'll send the Holy Spirit to bring new winds, which is what we talked about last week. And the winds of the Holy Spirit will come and re-energize us and vitalize us and give us a brand a new life which ultimately I believe we see in Acts chapter 2 it brings a whole new world in fact I'll say this the world is living one way in 2020 but Christians we live a different life because we're not of this kingdom we're God's kingdom and so we don't speak the same language we don't think the same come on we don't act the same and so some people may be down and out but the people of God we got the light and the wind of the Holy Spirit that creates a brand new world come on we speak the word of God we we act differently we think differently we think like Jesus so why do we do hard for the house because we're part of a new world the Holy Spirit has come and blown his pneuma on us, his wind on us, the breath of God, the wind of God, and it now produces a new life, which in turn makes a brand new world. In fact, the Holy Spirit comes to do a whole lot of things in our life, and you can write down a bunch of them, but I just want to share three over the next seven minutes and 41 seconds. Three things that the Holy Spirit comes to do in our life. Number one, he comes to give us a new mind. Somebody say new mind. mind. The Holy Spirit comes to give us a brand new mind. In fact, I'll, I'll say this, it's the mind of Christ. When we come to Jesus and we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he comes to give us a brand new mind. I, we no longer think like we used to think. That's right, that's right. I no longer think like the Alex that was 18, 19, 20 years old. Like he, he's given me the mind of Christ, the Bible says. And so before I used to think a certain way, maybe of people or of people groups, but because now I have the mind of Jesus, I, n- I now look at society different. Because I think like Jesus. And Jesus was compassionate and kind and caring. In fact, if you think about ancient times, they were worse than we were. They were separated by classism, racism, and, and it, was, it was brutal, even genders. Like back then, one of the big things in the ancient world was Jews and Gentiles. If you're not a Jew, can you wave your hand? All of you who are not Jews, wave your hand. Wave your hand. If you're not a Jew, okay, that's like 99.9% of us. Right? Those of us who are not Jews, in ancient times we were known as Gentiles. Right? Look at the person next to you and tell them you're a Gentile. Okay, Gentiles, Gentiles in those times were known as, referred to as a lower class citizens. In fact, one of the words they used for Gentiles was dogs. Dogs. We were dogs. <laughs> Where my dogs at? <laughs> <laughs> That was extremely corny, but <laughs> second-class citizens, we, we couldn't sit with Jews, we couldn't sit with certain people, there was this classism. You, you want to talk about racism? There was a racism back then. You want to talk about division? They believed that men were superior to women. Somebody said amen. Who said amen? That's not cool. <laughs> like, there was separation. That's why Paul writes, that's why Paul writes in the New Testament, now under Jesus, we are all one body, one race. There's no longer separation between male and female, master or servant. Come on, there's no more races, Jews or Gentiles. We're all one because we have the mind of Christ now. We don't see people divided by people groups or races or backgrounds or genders. We see people all the same, all worthy of God's honor, all worthy of dignity of a human life. 
And so we, we look at each other with dignity. Doesn't matter what race you are, doesn't matter your economic status, you are a dignified human being. Because it's what the mind of Christ says. Look at Philippians, Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 7. Paul writes this in the book of Philippians. He says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition. This is the mind of Christ. You're no longer thinking about yourself or vain conceit, rather in humility. Value others above yourselves. Remember, this is like ancient times. People are reading this and they're like, value others above yourselves but but they're they're dogs they're gentiles but they're they're slaves but they're less than no not looking to your own interests but each of you to the interest of others in your relationships with one another have the same there's there's the word mindset as Christ Jesus who being in the very nature of God of God did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant in the Greek that's slave being made in human likeness Jesus says I'm not going to use this to my advantage that I'm God in the flesh I'm, I'm going to become a servant I'm going to become a slave and serve humanity yet we got finite human beings wanting and acting like they're gods themselves compared to an infinite God who became a servant for all of humanity and so it says had the mindset of Christ Jesus we're no longer walking around conceited or looking for our own interests the disciples the apostles here in Acts chapter 2 it says they were all together they were united in fact in Jerusalem at this time there was people from all kind of different backgrounds coming and they were all together, people from Asia, people from Africa, people from Rome. They all came and, and they were together and they were breaking bread together. Because it's a new mindset. Number two, he gives us the new heart. He gives us a new heart. Somebody say a new heart. New heart. In other words, he doesn't just change our perspective. He changes our predispositions. Because as human beings, we have several predispositions that just come naturally. Because we're human beings. Like, like for example, I'll give you one. Like naturally, we're not prone to share. Anybody know that? Like, have you ever tried talking to a, a baby and telling him to share? It's the hardest thing in the world. But, but when Jesus comes, he changes your heart. And now all of a sudden, who I used to be is no longer who I am. And so I walk around earth like this is what the world teaches us. This is what the, the culture tells us. Like, hey, fight for what's yours. It's survival of the fittest, right? Or the strongest. Like, look out for you. Look out for your family. Take care of your money. Save up all your money. Store for yourself, which is great. And some of that stuff has wisdom in it. But, but there'll be, there, some people can't believe we give every single week. Yeah, I give tithes and offerings to my church every single week. Mm, what? Yeah, because I don't live for myself. I have a new heart. And I'm taking care of God's church and God's people, not just here, but around the world. It's a new heart. It's a new predisposition. But humanity's not used to that. This past week, my family came over my house and everybody came over. Like my sisters came over with her kids and, and my brother came over with his kids. And so all my nephews and nieces were over the house and, and we were all just there hanging out. One of my nieces, her name is Sienna. She's, she's two years old. She's literally adorable. Like I absolutely love her. She's gorgeous. Cutest thing in the world. Um, she, she's in love, obviously, with her dad, my brother. And she's like, daddy, daddy, daddy. And so I wanted to kind of bother her on Wednesday night a little bit. And so what I did is that I went over to my brother. And I'm like, let me see how she reacts because you know how little kids are. And so, so I hugged my brother. And I said, 
my daddy. I promise you, my, my little niece, I saw a side of her I've never seen before. And she got so angry. I promise she got red and she says, no, my daddy. And I, I wanted like, I just wanted to bother her a little bit more. You know what I'm talking about? So I hugged my brother even tighter and I said, no, my daddy. This, by the way, I'm weird. I'm calling my brother my daddy. And I promise you, she got so angry. She, she started shaking. She started hitting herself. I know. We got to pray for my niece. Like she started hitting herself and she's like, no, my daddy. And as soon as I let him go, she came running and hugged him and said, my daddy. Super cute. Super selfish. <laughs> I got, can you share my brother with me? <laughs> right? Because the inclination of kids when we were all kids is not to share. And so in Acts chapter 2, what we're reading may be normal now to us, but it's really not normal that they had everything in common. In ancient times, nobody had anything in common. There were some people that were blessed. There were some people who had better economic status, and they did not share with those who didn't. But when the gospel comes and the Holy Spirit comes, it now makes us want to share and say, hey, what do you need? I got you. Whatever I need, you got me. And we share with one another because it's what he does. He gives us a brand new heart. Look what Ezekiel says, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. And I will give you a new heart. And I'll put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you a heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh. Literally what it means there is a tender heart. Now, now you feel compassionate for the less than. Now you look around the world and you're like, what can we do about this? Because there's widows that don't have and there's orphans that don't got parents and they're not eating and there's strangers, aliens, immigrants that are coming into this country that they don't have nobody to take care of. Them. Like who's going to do it? It's the church of Jesus Christ because now we're part of a new world with a new heart and a new mind. Anybody know what I mean? And so our predispositions change. Now we don't mind sharing. And now it's like, no, this is what we should do as Christians is share. Right, right. And we'll sit down together and break bread together and eat and talk. And it doesn't matter what race you are, gender you are, or economic status. The church of Jesus Christ broke all that. Wow. And it made everybody the same. Again, scandalous in ancient times. Put yourself in that setting where there's massive differences. That's why the healing agent to the racism that's happening in our country it's not something the government can do. I really think the healing agent is Jesus Christ himself. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so it gives us, gives us a new mind. It gives us a new heart. And lastly, it gives us new hands. New hands. What do I mean by that? I, I, I literally think society lives with hands that are defected in a spiritual sense. Because life is all about whatever you can get. And whatever you can get... Hold on for yourself. Hold it. And so the hands of humanity is hands that are ready to put up a fight. Hands that are ready to hold on to whatever they can gather. It's how we're naturally built and what the culture tells us to do. Acts chapter 2 says that this new community that formed out of the upper room, which was called the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, which is us, they had a new mindset. They had a new heart, but they also had new hands. And this hands wasn't, let me just keep all this for me. It says they were together, they shared everything in common, and then they sold possessions and property 
so that they can take care of one another. In other words, they live life with an open hand. This new world that God has started on earth, this kingdom of God on earth, lives with an open hand. In fact, it's what God has told his people since the beginning. God has told them, hey, watch your hands because so often your hands shows what's in your heart. Those people that walk around with a closed hand or a defective spiritual hand, it usually ties to a heart that's greedy and to a heart that's stingy. And so God often like basically says, your hand will show your heart. Look at Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 15. This is way at the beginning of scripture, way at the beginning of time. Deuteronomy chapter 15. God tells the people this in verses 7 and 8. If anyone is poor among your fellow Israelites in any of the towns of the land the Lord your God has given you, do not be hard-hearted. We just talked about a new heart. Or tight-fisted toward them. Rather be open-handed. Somebody say open-handed. Be open-handed. And freely lend them whatever they need. God was telling the people of God, his people, his chosen people, hey, don't go through life with a closed hand. Why are we generous? Why do we do heart for the house? Because the Holy Spirit has done something in us and the church should live different than the world. And how do we live? Not with a hard heart and not with a closed hand. We live with tender hearts and open hands to take care of one. This is the people of God. This is the church of Jesus Christ. And so once a year, we all come together. And this Sunday, it's not about just us, but what God wants to do through us. Heart for the house. And saying, God, you've given me a new mind, a new spirit, and you're changing my soul. And you've changed my life radically. You haven't made me better. You've made me new. And that comes with a hand that's open. Open to help. Open to serve. Open to whatever you've given me. I don't know about you, but I want Calvary always to be the type of church that walks around with an open hand. That whatever he blesses us with, it's open to receive and open to give. I started thinking about this. I don't even know if this kind of makes sense. I literally just started thinking about this after the 11 a.m. I really think an, an open hand in our life creates an open hand in somebody else's life. What I mean is when we are more ready and easily to give, it helps other people to be ready to receive. I literally think about people who think they don't deserve stuff. Like we've been part of toy drives, we've been part of giveaways, we've been part of school supplies, we've literally gone and fed people all over our city or around the world. Some of you have gone and you participated in some of the stuff that we've done. And some people it almost seems like, why are you giving me this? Like I don't deserve this, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't get this. And I think they're, they're walking around with a closed heart or a closed hand because nobody has really in their life had an open hand toward them. So our closed hands produces closed hearts. Does that make sense? That's why I think Paul says in the New Testament that when we're generous, it actually produces thanksgiving in other people to God. Because people are like, wow, there's a community that loves me so much. There's a God who loves me so much. I should open up my heart and my hand to receive blessings from God. And so our generosity 
us so much more. And so this is why we give to Heart for the House, because he's changed us. And because we are part of a new world. It's a whole new world. It's a new world where it's not full of envy, where it's not full of greed. It's a new world where we're not living for ourselves. It's a new world where we're not looking at our brother or our sister and thinking we're better than. It's a new world where we're not divided. It's a new world where we're taking care of one another. This is the new world that we are a part of. And I love that Calvary is a part of that. We're creating a brand new world. And so the world is looking at us like, what are you guys doing? And it's because God has healed our hand, our mind, and our heart that we can create this new kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. It's the gospel. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so because of you, we've been able to give just in the last eight months alone over $150,000 in global and local health. Families have been fed, businesses, churches, pastors, because of you. Because of what you've given, Calvary. Like, we have other churches in our city that we're about to close down. About to close down. Like, we helped out three churches at the beginning of the pandemic because we just don't need Calvary open. We need every church open. And we need churches healthy and strong. And so we said, hey, we're there, whatever we can help with. And we sent offerings. Like, this is what we see all throughout the New Testament. Let's be that church. Right? Like, the church in Macedonia helped out the church in Jerusalem and the church in Philippi. Like, they all helped out one another. Like, this is not just about us. And then add to that, we've given $37,000 because of you to human trafficking survivors. Like, that's absolutely amazing. Because of you, we've been able to lease a house for the past two years. That house that we were going into in that video two years ago, we leased a house. And we've been able to house survivors. We've been able to give them shelter. We've been able to give them new clothes. We've been able to give them food because of you. Because all of our efforts, we we say, God, use us. This year alone, we gave over 2,000 meals to homeless people in our city alone because of you. Because of you, there's a church in Cuba that was getting shut down every like six to nine months because they were having literally a church in a home and it was over like almost close to 250 people going into this house and they're like Cubans you guys worship the Lord loud and so they would get shut down all the time and so they wanted this building that was out on the main highway but they couldn't afford it and so Ricardo told me about it two and a half years ago because of your giving we were able to help them purchase a brand new building where they're having church now two services come on it's amazing because of you because of you, we've been able to make so much. Because of you, this is made, almost 13,500 people have made a decision to follow Jesus. Come on. Come on, that's amazing. Can we give God a big hand for that? Come on. Because of your giving. And so we don't come in here thinking like, ah, oh, God wants to take my money. So how can I help? I want to be a part of this new world. I want to help out around the world. This is why we get... This is why we give. And so today, Heart for the House, I want everybody to grab the envelope that's on their seat or however you're going to give. There's an envelope on your seat that says Heart for the House. Some of us have prepared for this for the last few weeks and months. Literally, some people have been giving every single month this year toward Heart for the House. We have families that have given $1,000, $5,000, $10,000, $15,000 all for Heart for the House. And that's how we were able to help out so many people throughout this whole pandemic. That's how we were able to give 600 dinners for Thanksgiving, groceries. That's how we were able to do so much. Every single year, we give an offering to help us for next year. And so I don't come up here every two 
weeks and say, hey, let's give an offering to the homeless, or let's give an offering to Cuba, or let's give an offering. No, we just give one big offering, and it sets us up for all of 2021. And so for a moment, come on, let's pray that God would help us, and that God would multiply whatever you're giving today. There's some families that are super excited because they're stretching their faith, and it's the first time ever they're giving $1,000. Some of them are giving $500, some $5,000, whatever it is that God puts in your heart. What we say at Calvary, it's not equal amounts, but it's equal sacrifice. We've had little kids in kids' ministry back there. Remember last year and the year before, sell cupcakes, sell cookies, just to be able to bring five, ten dollars to heart for the house. That's beautiful, because it's all of us playing at the same part. All of us saying we're, it's about equal sacrifice. And so as you grab the envelope, I want you to fill it out however you want to give today. There's different ways that you can give. As you open the envelope, um, you can do it through credit card, you can do it through cash, and we'll receive the offering in a moment. A debit card as well. We also have a number that you can text. Super easy. And um, if you're going to do it through text, you just have to include H4H at the end of the amount. Or you can go to calvaryconnect.com or calvaryconnect.com slash give if you want to give there. So as you prepare your offering, I want you to stand up on your feet. I'm going to ask Diana to join me. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray together for this offering. And we're praying that God will multiply it and bless it. And uh, for it to continue to go around the world. Amen? And make a difference. It's because of you, like kids, are getting fed in India and in Costa Rica and Colombia. And so as we think about 2021, me and Diana, we have a lot of dreams. Our staff, our pastors, there's a lot of things that we want to do, from continuing to open up churches here in our own city, to uh, possibly opening up a compassion project in one of the poorest neighborhoods of Colombia where kids can get fed and educated, and it'll be completely 100% um, supported and sponsored by Calvary Church. It's beautiful to do that next year or the following, but this is what this is all going for. Finally owning our own Embrace House. Come on, that would be amazing. No longer having a landlord telling us what we can or can't do. But all of that is possible when we all have equal sacrifice. That's why I love Heart for the House. Yeah, I love that we get to do this together. Yeah. That we get to participate in everything that God is doing, and it's so personal for all of us. It's personal because it yeah. means so many different things for each of us right some of our lives have been changed here some of the lives of our families have been changed here yeah. some of us have been able to witness other people making decisions for jesus some of us know that the impact that we have here it's not just locally but it's around the world yeah so together we get to make a difference amen right we say it often maybe on our own we we couldn't do so much maybe on our own we couldn't travel across the world and help somebody but we do it together. Amen. And so whatever uh, you saw in that video, all those numbers, it happens not because of a preacher, not because of me, not because of Alex. It happens because of you and I together. Amen. Amen. So all of this goes to our account, right? We're doing this together. We're feeding families together. We're Amen. changing the world together. So yeah. let's pray and ask God that he will continue to yes, allow God. us to expand our reach and help more people with his love and in thank his you, name. Jesus. God, we thank you so much, Jesus, thank for you, the God. opportunity yes, and for the blessing and the honor thank that it you, is Jesus. to be part of what you were doing, God. Thank you, God. We're thankful that you've allowed us, broken people, messed up people, people with issues, God, Thank you, Jesus. to come alongside you and make a difference in this world, God. Thank you, Lord. That you've allowed us to, God, to, to, to share about who you are, your love. And God, we, we thank you that through what we're doing here today, that through our generosity, lives are being changed. The people all around the world are thanking you, thank you Jesus. God, yes, because God. of what happens in this moment, Jesus. So we don't take it for granted. God, it's not about 
uh, just uh, wanting to do something for ourselves to feel better about ourselves. No, but it's actually for, to do something for you, God. To do Thank something you, so Jesus. that people will know your love. Yes, God. So I pray that as we stretch out our faith today, that you will continue to multiply every single gift. Yes, God. That you will continue to use us to make a change in this world. God, you know exactly where this uh, generosity is going to. I pray Thank that you, you will Jesus. continue to open the right doors. God, to use these funds to bless your people, Thank you, God. God. Yes, Lord. And we pray for every single person here today that's stretching their faith, that you will continue to bless them, bless their lives. God, continue to speak to their lives, continue to protect them, continue you, to guide them, yes, continue God. to expand their reach, God, as you expand the reach of this church, God. Thank you, Jesus. So we love you. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for this honor that we have right now to continue to build your kingdom, thank God. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. amen, amen, and amen. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much to everybody that's partnering with us, everybody literally around the world that's uh, writing in and sending in their offering as well for Heart for the House. Thank you. You can partner yeah. with us at calvaryconnect.com slash give or that number on your screen. Thank you to the entire church. Again, this is about equal sacrifice, not equal amounts. And so pray about it. Usually what we do is after the prayer moment, we pass around the container and we worship. But obviously, uh, we're not passing around the container because of COVID. So there are boxes literally all around the auditorium and outside in the lobby where you could just drop off the envelope or check or whatever it is. Or you can do it online. Why don't we worship Jesus one more time? Come on, why don't we lift up our hands all across this place. I'm thankful to be part of this community, this family that's making a difference in our city and around the world. Father, you are so good. We love you so much. We thank you for your faithfulness with us, toward us. We thank you that you can use a church like ours to make an impact and an influence around the world, God. We pray that you would multiply all we've given today and that it will produce thanksgiving to you and people all over the world. We give you all the, all the honor, all the glory. Come on, let's worship Jesus one more time. Come on, let's lift it up. We thank you, God. Come on, let's worship.